if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 9, I'd like to read a few verses here of Scripture, beginning in verse 2. We're just going to, I'm going to skip a couple things, but stay with me. It won't take me a second. Gospel of Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 2. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. Everyone say apart. Leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Can you say transfigured? So what does that mean, transfigured? All right, verse 3, here it is. That's what it means. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, as no, so as no fuller on earth can white them. So he began to shine. So Jesus finally comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, glowing in glory. And the first thing he faces, and we're going to skip down, is a father with a horrible condition that is controlling his only child. In verse 17, so you can see we've skipped all the way down here. Master, I'm picking it up in verse 17. I have brought unto thee... My son, which of course had been uh, seized upon by a spirit that uh, made his speech bound. We would just leave it at that. Verse 18. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth. And the disciples, he said, couldn't help me. I've come while you were up in the mount. The disciples were here. They're your disciples. They weren't able to deliver him. And so... For the moment, we'll we'll just skip a little bit more here. We'll see that Jesus, fresh off the Mount of Glory, was a wonder in a dark and troubled world, just as he is right now in Jonesboro, Georgia. Anybody know Jesus is a wonder? Praise God. Suddenly they started running to see it all. Verse 25, and this will be my last verse to read. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, and that's second time, but we'll we'll only use this verse. He rebuked the foul spirit that was in the boy, of course, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, which was an evil intruder, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Praise God. So devil, you're finished. How many will help me preach tonight? No, I really mean it. I need somebody that will say, I'm going to pray for Brother French as he's preaching today that God will bless his word. We're going to preach today from the subject, run to the glory. Now, if we could lift our hands and put our Bibles down, let's invite the presence of the Lord. Father, right now, Jesus, we see your glory. Help us to do whatever it takes to press into your presence where the impossible is done. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And you may be seated. Now I need you to help me pray today that God will anoint his word. Now it's actually startling the different details that each of our gospel writers mention in this particular miracle when they relate it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. My favorite account is in Luke, but I, uh, I felt compelled to speak on the glory that impacted the crowd and what it means to us today. 
In fact, the devil says that we cannot have revival. The devil says that your family cannot be delivered from sin. Oh, they just love sin. Oh, man, they're just so into sin. There's no getting away. Everybody's just headlong after Satan. That's That's what the devil tells you. But the devil is a liar. There is power in the glory of God that transcends everything that you have ever thought about. There is a power so great that there is nothing that can stop it. When you begin to entertain the glory of God, suddenly something very, very powerful reveals itself in this story is talking about it. So the the different accounts in Luke and Matthew and so on, of course I've read from Mark and I'm doing it on purpose, but they, they all reveal amazing details. I wish, obviously if I preached uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're all got unique details, we'd be uh, to be a very long story. I'm not interested in telling the whole story. I'm just telling you that it is amazing that this Mount of Transfiguration and what took place that day is so very complex and powerful that the story of a young boy. Now I know that's trouble some of you, and I I said, Lord, I know this is going to be troubling because uh, one of the scriptures actually calls the young boy a lunatic which comes from a greek word that means something about the that was related to someone that was insane and uh, the bible tells us that the boy was uh, was was an absolutely uh, throwing himself in fits he would he would uh, foam at the mouth he would fall into the fire and fall into the water and uh, he would lose consciousness he couldn't speak at all and we just read they called it a, a dumb and a deaf spirit that is it, it wasn't always that way but when the spirit would come upon it didn't say he was deaf It said that when the Spirit came upon him, I want to tell you something today. Far too many people are accepting. I'm going to preach this by myself. It doesn't matter. Far too many people are accepting the bondage of an enemy that is already defeated. God never intended. God never intended that you were going to be bound by that. And I want to tell you something else. And I don't care. I don't care what the devil thinks about it. God never intended for our children to go to hell. God meant for them to be saved. That's his desire. So, so, all right, all right. Getting a little wound up there. All right. So it is, it is vital that we entertain the glory and understand the glory of God. He used this illustration. I'm convinced of it. If you don't like it, then tell you preach your own sermon. When God wanted to reveal his glory, he took the most pitiful example. Now, I don't know how old this boy was. I'm going to guess 14 or so because he's old enough and young enough to fit this story. He's not so young or so old that he could not fit every aspect of Matthew's account, Luke's account, Mark's account. But he was bound in such a way that this father brought him to the disciples. Now, I'm only using this tiny expression here in Mark that the people knew when they saw Jesus that they were seeing when he came down from the mount that they were seeing the visible image of the glory of God. It's never told anywhere else. There's no other example of it. We're never told this will happen again. We're told in Hebrews that it's 
Very exactly what happened to Moses when he went up on the mount, got into the glory of God. The glory got on him, and he was so bright they had to hurry. Oh, oh, oh! The glory, the glory! Uh, we can't stand it. It's about to kill us, and so they had to veil his face. That's not a very good veil, but it'll do for now. And so they they had to they had to veil. Uh, the glory of God from the face of the people. But the difference, of course, is that when Jesus came, not Moses, Moses was a mere man. He was a great man, but a mere man. But when Jesus came, the glory didn't destroy them. The glory drew them, and they began to run toward the glory of God. They saw it. Now, some of you are going to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm trying to pay my mortgage and... And I'm, you know, I'm just so busy doing all these things. And uh, so I don't have time to, to be paying much attention to spiritual things. And I would suggest to you today that now is the day of salvation. You do not need to believe that you will always have what you are seeing right now. No, not even your children. You know how quickly time is passing, how they're how they're changing from one day to the next. You never know the influences that will be upon them. You need to respect with every ounce of strength you've got the glory of God in your life. Don't ever let any demon, don't let anything, just because you want to seek after pleasure or this world or you want riches. You know, some people will hold out and then the devil will finally come around and offer them an advantage financially. And they'll sell out for for something that will push them ahead of the crowd in the financial markets. And so they become enamored with riches. And of course, that in itself is a trick because I am here to tell you that there is not a piece of gold in this world, not a diamond. There is not a yacht. There is not a business. There is not any amount of wealth that can satisfy the soul. Of man. Say what you want. Come back and talk to me. I am telling you, you can get all the wealth that there is. You can use the most amazing drug that men have come up with. You can buy it on the street. You can get it and think you're having all kinds of a cool life. And, and this is what you're about. But I am telling you, you need to respect the glory of God. You need to listen to what God is saying in your life. God has shown you his glory. And the Bible says, and so we're back to our story. So Jesus was about to do the impossible for this young boy. The Bible says that he was about to do it. He had not even done it all that went on there that I want to preach about, but I can't. They saw that he was about to do the miracle. And I'm quoting from the verse we just read. The people came running. Now, some people are casual about it and they're nonchalant. Really, what they're saying is, I'm too cool. I'm, I'm just too, I'm above that. I'm above the glory of God. I don't even know, how can you put so much confidence in the invisible and so on? But uh, there are those that have determined in their own heart, I have seen God's power at work I have seen the Lord's hand at work I've seen it 
in various ways. Now, I've often wondered, and I know that I'm not setting you up for a lengthy sermon, but I want to, I want to say this because I want to be clear so I don't have to come back to it. That I know when he was up on the mount, he's very bright and, and they bowed down. I mean, you know, that, that, that's another story. We're not really talking about it up there. We're talking about he comes down and he's ready for the next miracle. The reason I love this story is that it shows us that the glory of God mingles with all that is happening down here. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're facing, but I'm talking to somebody today. You don't think God is able to reach where you are. But as you look out there in this world and you're worried about it, suddenly you see the glistening. There's something about it that gets a hold of that is the glory of God. You see it. You recognize it. Now, of course, in, that, in this story, now we're back to this story. Not just here in Jonesboro, but in this story. They actually, verse uh, 2 says, they, they saw him, verse 1 and 2, that when they saw him come down from the mount, he'd been up there all that time. And, and uh, of course, there was three apostles up there with him. And then they come down, and the Bible says that they were absolutely amazed at him, at the glory that they saw shining upon him. Now, I've often wondered because there's no place that I know of, maybe Brother French does, but I, I'm aware of no place in Scripture that de- describes that afterglow of the glory when they came down. But I like to think of it as a hint or a glint, as though, not that they came down and he just was glowing like he'd been in a nuclear, uh, is that too disrespectful? Forgive me, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Uh, And if you've ever been in a nuclear thing and you've been glowing, I'm not making fun of you. What I'm trying to say is that he he didn't just glow all over like, like he did, like light, just like a light bulb. That's what he did up on the mountain. I understand that, the glory. It would just, it would just transfix. I mean, you could just see the light just pouring through it. They were, whoa, my goodness, they, they wanted to build three tabernacles up there. And, and, and Elijah, the Bible said, Elijah, Moses, and I mean, all that went up there in the mountain. But when he came down, that was over. The transfiguration was over, and yet the glory was still there. And you say, why did the apostles tell us this? Because they wanted us to remember that no matter what your child, no matter what your emotion, no matter what you're facing, that God is still in the middle of it with his glory. But you've got to take advantage of what God is doing. Let's clap our hands and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We have to see this crowd in context. The disciples had tried to help their father or this father with the, this condition of his only child. And uh, so that's its own little story. I don't, I don't want to pick on them because I most surely would be picking on myself. And everyone, they tried and doesn't tell us exactly what all they did, but we can be quite assured they prayed and other sundry things. And, uh, and the Bible says, Jesus said, what are you talking about? He said, we're talking about this meeting we just had where we prayed and not a thing happened. And my boy's exactly like he was. And of the crowd, the only one who spoke up was, was dad. He said, my boy has this condition. And your disciples couldn't help us. So Jesus came 
fresh from the mount, transfigured, demonstrating. We might say men could see for a moment. Everyone say see. Come on, stay with me. I don't need a lot of time. Men could see momentarily. That is, they could for just a little bit. They saw the truth. What would otherwise be covered up with nails and a cross and with flesh. But all of a sudden, the glory that was truly Christ shone like a light. And the true glory of Jesus was seen for a moment. The Bible says that they were greatly amazed, verse 15, at this visible sign of the glory. So I've often wondered, so what, what was it? And I'm going to say that I think it was as though he was glistening. It was as though sparks of the glory were shining off of him and every movement and every when the Father stood, it was like God is saying, it's about to pass the ability to see it in its natural form. But I have a feeling there's somebody here today that doesn't have to see See it in its physical form. You feel the power of God. And you know that God is bigger than your problem. And the Bible said when the people saw that. Of course, might have been a little different. I'm trying to describe my own uh, sense of what they saw. But they saw it. And the Bible said they started running So there's so much about the miracle that uh, we're just walking right by. This is one of the most amazing things. And I feel in the spirit to draw this parallel immediately. In other words, not to dig deeper. If we don't dig deeper, then we don't. What is it that you are running after? What is it that has your enthusiasm all peaked? Is it a sport? I mean, is it a sport that so energizes your mind that when spiritual things come along that it is like way down here? You may chase after the pleasures of this world. And many are. Young people are being told in our generation that it doesn't matter what mom and dad say. There's other things you can run after. And they're running after them as fast as they can run. Immorality, pleasures of all kinds, and they and especially Hollywood or some other thing. Well that boy, that's man, that guy's my that those over there. Man, I'm gonna live like that. That's the way I'm gonna do. They seek that. And they pursue wealth or fame or political power. And you may run after these and, and uh, more. But they will all in the end disappoint and leave you empty. Because they cannot satisfy. Someone, I, I can hear it. I've already had someone just recently say, well, you know, I'd like to try it. If I could just drive it for a few months, I'd, then I'd be happy. One guy told me just back last year, he said, I wouldn't even mind going to hell if I had had that. I never even winced. I knew he was waiting for me to just, ooh, ooh. I said, but you, I never moved. I just stood. But I said, you will. 
I guarantee you, you will. You will be extremely sad that you traded all that God could have done for that. As though those fleeting things are worth your very soul in your life. But that's the kind of day that we're in where you can actually be tricked into thinking that some little trinket, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get to shake hands with somebody and I'm going to, oh, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to sit there to their music and I'm going to, I'm going to do like this and, and then that's going to be so cool that that's going to fill my life with, with meaning. And in the end, when it's all over and they, their soul is left abandoned, they are left with a meaningless emptiness. But God never steps away from the glories of heaven without bringing with it everything that your soul desires. It simply is imperative that when you begin to see what God has accomplished, that you take your own faith and your own heart. Because, listen, I I know you say, okay, Reverend, there's the punchline. Right there, you see, you told me everything's going to happen when I get to the... Yes, but you can only see it if you exercise your spiritual faith. And the Bible said, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross some of your theology. This, this incident with the apostles, I know they didn't pray and fast. The Bible says it, so forth. I know that. I'm not, that, I'm not interested in that part of it. Not today. I'm not here to talk about what they didn't pray, then fast, and so on. Because they most certainly did pray and fast. Those men were people that prayed and fasted. So, so we have a little bit of a concern there. But, but the point is that that is not what was going on here. What God was letting this Group C was that it was not going to be just because some disciple or somebody that has the mic who happens to be 6'3". That was supposed to be funny. Some preacher in a, let me get more specific, in a brown suit. Just because he's tall and slender. That suddenly... God is going to use a personality or this group of disciples. I'm not disparaging, Lord, please. I, I'm, I, I hope, Lord, please. I, I believe today that you are reaching into, into this county, into this city with your glory. But it is essential. Nobody can find the touch of God in his glory if they do not recognize what And so the Bible says to him, oh, ye of little faith. So I'm going to cross some swords. I just want you to, you know, I don't want you to kill me on this one. Just I want you to just listen to me a little bit. So he's talking about his own disciples. And, and uh, he says, has some interesting things to say in all the gospels. And then he looks at the father and he says, now, you can see what this comes down to. And I can see just uh, little bit of that glory coming out just where that dad had spent hours and I want to tell you something okay you take a boy month after month and you wash the scum off of his face and you and you grab him out of the water 
I'm trying not to be too emotional about it. I don't know why, but I'm talking to somebody today. You're the father that had to reach in. Now notice, it didn't just say, I didn't have time to read it all. It didn't just say he fell into the fire. Into the water, it says he fell into the fire. And then it says, oftentimes. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know. I don't have to have 47 kids to know that if my boy... Is, is in all this trouble. I don't care if he's 14, 12, 17, doesn't matter. If he is in such a fit that he falls right headlong into the fire, that's a tragic moment. And there's a lot else that's said in there. But my point is, when you are dealing with that, that moment and that condition, and God looks at this dad and says, I want you to see, I want you to know. And suddenly it was as though the glory of God became revealed to that dad. And he looks at him and Jesus said, it's going to be according to your faith. It's your faith, dad. Come on. I'm showing you my glory. Praise God. And the people, that's when the Bible said the people started running. They knew the minute that man's faith, you say, how'd they know? Oh, I, I, I don't have time. How did they know? They start running. They wanted to get right up there at the presence of God. Listen to me. It is time for you to run to the glory of God. It is time for you to move in the direction of the glory of God. It's your son, sir. It's your son. And you can blame it on every apostle that ever lived and all he didn't do and what faith he didn't have. And it comes right down to what you are seeing and feeling. That is the presence of God. And when the devil says, well, they're just going to live that way. They're just going to go to hell. That you just can't. Nobody cares anymore. That is a lie. There is revival all over this world. There's revival in Jonesboro. And God is getting ready to do miracles for our families. If we will get ourselves set in the direction of the glory of God. Could we lift our hands to the Lord just for a moment? Hallelujah. We praise you. Our musicians are coming. We're going to stand together all across this building. I feel like there are those of us that will move toward the Lord today. May just be a little inch or a little bit. I'm not asking you to do anything in particular. I'm just asking you to, don't you know, you can say, well, I'll just kind of mosey. I don't know what mosey is, but uh, where I come from, mosey means something like this. Mm-hmm. That's Mosey where I come from. I don't know the linguistic origins of Mosey. But you just sort of slowly, you know, you don't want to be too uncool. I don't care. But I would suggest that when you really recognize his power for what it is, you're going to suddenly break into a sprint and you're going to start saying, oh, i got to get over there. That's my baby. I'm going to trust God. I know that's God's glory in my midst. And you're going to reach out toward it. If that means you stay where you are and you lift your hand or you come to the altar and you pray, this altar is always open. I want the musicians to play. But I wonder if we could all just let's come and stand as close to the altar as we can. Everybody that wants to come. But I want us to pray today. That God will energize the hearts of the needy 
and the lost today like he never has. That God will answer prayer today like he never has. We're trusting him and we are giving him all of the praise. I feel like there's a, something breaking loose here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Now now that we're in the altar and others are coming, just keep coming. But we, don't, we know we've got children. We, we're aware of that. I want us to lift our hands and I want us to thank God. I want you to thank him for what you've seen. Lord, I've seen things I never thought I'd ever see. I've understood spiritual matters I never thought I would understand. Lord, I've hungered for things that I never thought I would hunger for because I have moved myself. And Father, right now, someone, Lord, somebody is beginning to see the value of moving toward the altar, moving toward the glory that we're seeing in our midst. And we thank you. Go ahead and sing, Sister French. Praise God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, reach over. Pray for somebody, whatever you feel today. Let's just pray that God, let's just pray that God will move us closer. Closer, Lord. We want to see a miracle that you alone can do. Somebody. But somebody getting shifted from complacency into the power of your spirit. Lord, that's our prayer right now. Hallelujah. Can we believe him right now? That's it all across this building. I believe in you, Jesus. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. And I praise you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. One more time. We're going to sing it one more time. Is happening. Oh, yeah. All right. All across the building, can we just lift our hands and let's commit loved ones, commit needs to the Lord. Wherever you are, I want you to pray with me right now. Come on, pray with me right now. You and God. Not, not because I'm praying, but you and God. We're going to pray together. Father, right now, I pray for every need. Somebody's brought, Lord, a a, a need so great they don't even know where to begin. They're not even sure if, if we're capable of helping them. And here they are standing in the house of God. And I believe for them right now. God, I believe that prayer and fasting and faith and your glory I see. I'm getting a glimpse of what you can do on their behalf right now. And I ask God for healing. That's it. Come on. Let's thank God for healing.